Welcome to Abiding Life Studios. Be sure to check out our unique self-test, available in our app on iOS and Android, and on our website at abidinglife.com. Take the test today and find out how God uniquely made you. Share your results with anyone, along with the capability of purchasing and gifting tests. And remember to check out our YouTube channel at Abiding Life Ministries International to watch Michael Wells' training videos, including basic seminar, expanded seminar, counselor lecture training, podcasts, and more. Today I'd like to speak about detours, mountains, and faith. Who of us haven't found ourselves driving comfortably along, confident on our scheduled arrival at some place, and suddenly come face to face with a roadblock and a disturbing sign? I must say that in these circumstances, the word detour is perhaps not the one I most like. I don't relish being moved out of my comfort zone. There are occasions in which a detour takes you off your familiar route and sends you along unfamiliar trails that can at times be somewhat baffling. I don't know how it is in other countries, but in my country, it sometimes happens that you come to a detour sign, you take the new direction, and then you are left on your own, often for a long stretch with different roads branching off and meandering and without a single signpost. You can find yourself in a situation more or less like this quite easily, not knowing what direction to take. There you start looking frantically for further indications that will reassure you that you are on the right way back to the main road, but you see nothing. So people have to use their imagination and common sense. And that's where I think we believers can have some of our deepest experiences in prayer for guidance. Now applying the idea of a road detour to our lives, God often sets or allows a detour in our comfortable journey. Amongst other things, a detour can mean danger ahead. It can mean something better than what we thought the future held for us. It can mean it's God's time for something new or different. It can mean it's God's time to perfect his plans for us and surely more. Sometimes the reason for a detour becomes clear almost immediately. Other times, God introduces details in our lives and keeps us depending on his revelation to show us the way and to lead us into a deeper relationship and dependence on him. I suppose that many of us have come face to face at least one time with a detour in our lives. We may have understood it at that moment. We may have done so later, a while, years, or we may still be guessing what the Lord had or has in mind. We all recall Paul's experience with the man of Macedonia in Acts chapter 16. Luke, who writes the book of Acts, says, They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into, into Bithynia, 
and the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, Luke says, we immediately sought to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. These details became clear to them almost immediately. When we come to what appears to be a detour in relation to our circumstances, or when we face a mountain, immediately another word pops up that is intimately linked to both situations. We've talked about details, we've talked about mountains, or at least mentioned the words, and the third word is faith. Rather than a theological definition of faith, allow me to use a more practical one, which I must say is not mine originally. Faith is an organ of the spirit allowing us to receive whatever God is doing. Let's have it again. Faith is an organ of the spirit allowing us to receive what God is doing. So that with that in mind, faith is necessary first to discern if the detour is God set and then follow it. If we face a mountain, faith is necessary to discern if we are to make a detour to avoid the mountain or if God wants us to tackle the mountain. And then Faith is also crucial to follow through with whichever action we feel God leads us to. That is, make our own detour or go for the mountain. David's experience with Goliath in 1 Samuel 17 is an example that links these three worlds, detours, mountains, and faith. In this case, the first detour God had prepared for David was to leave his somewhat peaceful and routine shepherd's job and go to the battlefront. Then, when he got to the place, he found that there was a mountain before him and before the whole army of Israel. And of course, this mountain was Goliath. Here, David could easily have made his own detour and left the army of Israel to it. After all, he had only been distracted from his usual activities to bring supplies and return to his father with news about his brothers. <clears throat> but I can imagine David saying, who does this uncircumcised pagan think he is? His zeal for God's holiness led him to see Goliath as a mountain to conquer and the Almighty as his strength. David was not concerned about the greatness of Goliath towering over him. He was concerned or he trusted the greatness of his God. So he decided to tackle the mountain. And what did he do when the time came to be face to face with his mountain? He did exactly what centuries later Jesus taught his disciples and us, of course, in Mark chapter 11. Let's have a look at what he said. Jesus said, have faith in God. <clears throat> the truth is, 
you can say to this mountain, go mountain, fall into the sea. And if you have no doubts in your mind and believe that what you say will happen, then God will do it for you. Other versions say something like, at the end, it will be done for you, as if it would just happen. But we need to understand that God is the one who will do it for us. The same eternal, unchangeable God that spoke these words through Jesus, I'm sure, spoke to David's spirit in similar terms many years before in this occasion with Goliath and encouraged that romantic young shepherd to believe and trust his almighty God. So then, what did he do? He simply spoke to his mountain. Listen to David speaking to his mountain. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and of Israel, the very God whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Well, wouldn't you call that faith? Wouldn't you call it believing God? David didn't get caught up or entangled with the other soldiers in talking about Goliath, his size, his stature, his strength, his huge body, the fear he put in everybody who was close to him. No, when we talk about our mountains, we open the way for fear, unbelief, sadness, disappointment, and so on. What we focus on grows. We all remember that illustration Mike Wells often used to use. We have Jesus on one hand and we have problems on the other. Well, now we have detours and mountains. So if we focus on detours and mountains and problems and that becomes our focus, we cannot see Jesus and we are overwhelmed, we're undone. But if Jesus is our focus, the problems are there, the detours and mountains are there, but they don't overwhelm them. And Jesus takes care of them one by one. Don't always speak about your problems or mountains. There are occasions in which we can speak to them. We have an example when Jesus and his disciples found themselves in a storm in the sea and Jesus slept. When they woke him, he didn't get caught up with the disciples and speaking about the storm and how to manage the boat. He simply spoke to the storm and everything became quiet. There's another way to deal with our mountains also when it isn't possible to address them directly as David did with Goliath or Jesus did with the storm in the sea. <clears throat> Paul and Silas were preaching in Philippi precisely the city they went to in Macedonia after Paul's vision. And after a few days of prospered teaching, they found themselves in front of a huge mountain. And this mountain had several components, angry businessmen, hostile authorities, beatings, 
inner prison stocks chains. Who or what could they address as a specific mountain? But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16 that at midnight, and I allow me to add, in absolute darkness and with no idea of what might happen next. Paul and Silas, the Bible says, were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And we all know what happened. Prayer and praise removed the mountain. I imagine that exalting Jesus was in the center of their praise. Psalm 23, 22, 3 says, God is enthroned in the praises of Israel. Let me give you a very simple, up-to-date example from the experience of a group of young boys from our church, the church we attend in the city of Buenos Aires. They were returning home from the evening service, riding a bus in the outskirts of the city, an area that we call the Greater Buenos Aires. It was already dark and this area is not the safest to move about in after sunset. But they had to get home. All of a sudden, a mountain filled the bus. An armed gang boarded the bus and started stripping the few passengers from cell phones, money, jackets, whatever. Of course, everyone on the bus froze in fear. And suddenly one of the boys shouted at the top of his voice, in Spanish of course, in the name of Jesus. Evidently, the first thing that came to this boy's mind was to exalt Jesus, which is the best thing we can do when we don't know how to react. The fact is that this gang got scared and scrambled off the bus as fast as they could. Now, what they heard, what they saw, or what they felt, we don't know, but they certainly backed off. Now, when we find ourselves in detours and when we face mountains, let's make sure we are not forgetful of his interventions in the past. I don't mean dwelling in the past. I mean remembering the many occasions in our past in which God did miracles for us. David says in Psalm 103 verse 2, Bless the Lord, my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits. And let us link our faith to his promises. Let us bear in mind Jesus' promise to be with us every day up to the end of the world. He isn't simply out there somewhere on call, but busy with many matters. No, he is with us. He is with you. He is with me day and night, 24-7. Just as the Lord was with Israel in the wilderness after they left Egypt. Remember the, the account in the book of Exodus? And Jehovah went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might go by day and by night, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night departed not from before the people. That is our God. Now, allow me one final thought about detours and mountains. When you don't know 
what direction to take in the detour. And when you do not know exactly what to say to your mountain, do something like those young fellows on the bus did and like Paul and Silas did in the prison. Just exalt Jesus and you see it works. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed the message today, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any new releases. For more information about Abiding Life Ministries, visit abidinglife.com.